You are listening to Berlinotech. This is a podcast about inspiring people that are still chasing their dreams in the German capital. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number eight of Berlinotech, the first of 2018. My guest today is Robert Faber. Hello. Hello, Robert. Welcome to Berlinotech as well. Co-owner of the brewery Two Fellas in Pankow. Uh, Robert, thanks for uh, taking a bit of your time to to uh, to to chat with me. Hey, um, thanks for having it's us. It's always a, a pleasure to to invite interesting people with interesting ideas to the podcast. Um, my first question would be: How old were you when you tried your first beer? Ah, <laughs> well, uh, the judgment this begins. On, <laughs> is this on the record? <laughs> uh, let's just say I was of legal drinking age. Uh, a better question is, how old was I when I actually enjoyed my first beer? That's actually a better question, but probably, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, to be fair, I, you know, I'm probably going against the, the norm here, but uh, I really didn't like beer a whole lot in college. Uh, I drank it, don't get me wrong, but uh, I think I was probably about 24 when I first really started to appreciate uh, different styles of beer beyond maybe your generic American lager. Yet, I mean, it takes a while for you to really... Your first beer is never amazing, I have this feeling. Not at all. Maybe rarely. with other drinks, but not with that one. Do you remember which beer it was, by the way? Oh, I think I do, actually. I had a Lagunitas IPA, oh. and it just uh, it totally blew my mind. Uh, for anybody not familiar with it, it's, uh, it's an easy-drinking IPA, uh, which I think is a, a real art form on its own. It's, it's something that, uh, to this day, I still really like. And uh, it may not be as... Maybe out there is some of the other beers that uh, you know are in production now, but uh, maybe maybe it's just a time in my life. But really appreciate it for what it was, and uh, I still enjoy it. You know, okay. Ten years on. Ten years on. Was that the was? Would you say that was the beginning of your? Uh, was that in some way the beginning of your passion for for you know beer in a more intense way? Let's put it like this. Just not like uh, let's enjoy beer, but more into oh, this is. I really like, I really love beer or something like that. <laughs> or was it just a casual beer that you Yeah, were... you know, I think just a kind of like a, a general vibe. It's just like, uh, I don't want to say I binge drank a lot, but, uh, you know, when you're in college, uh, you drink more often, uh, you know, to, to probably get a little inebriated, let's say, as opposed to really enjoying the, the flavor of it. And I, I got to a point in my life where I was just, uh, I really appreciated the taste, I guess, and uh, the the new sensation of these different kinds of hops really opened up uh, a whole new world for me. So I can't necessarily pinpoint one moment, but I would say that uh, once I experienced uh, what craft beer is and how it's different, uh, it kind of just blew my mind. Okay. You've been in, uh, you've been in Berlin for, for, for a while now? How yeah. long have you been for in Berlin uh, exactly? So I've been here for almost four years. Four years. Uh, full disclosure, I came with my wife. Uh, she got a job here and okay. uh, tagged along with, and obviously uh, I was in a, a position where I could kind of uh, follow my passion. I was um, pretty lucky, I think. Okay. And uh, that's why I ended up here. Uh, how, how did your um, connection to the city's brewing uh, scene start? Uh, was, it, was it something from the very beginning, or you sort of got into it? How, how did it work? Um, yeah, so uh, you know, I moved here when I was a little bit older in my life, and uh, I realized right away that it was important to, uh, to be part of the community, to make friends. Uh, so I actually went out with a goal in mind of trying to meet new people in Berlin. And uh, I'm not really big into social media, so it was it's a little bit different. So I just decided to do something I love and go to a bunch of beer festivals. 
and I wore all my like United States gear. I had my <laughs> Wisconsin hat on and yeah. probably showing my United States Wisconsin tattoo. <laughs> just totally dorked it up. And I went around and trying to introduce myself to people, and uh, that's how I met the other fellow. Mike uh, was actually at uh, one of these beer festivals. I think in terms of Berlin, one thing that's really unique that I didn't appreciate fully at the time was um, how closely knit everybody in the community here is. Um, most of us know each other. Um, you know, if you say, oh, I had this beer by so-and-so, Berlin Beer Fabrique, or BRLO, or somebody, um, Berlo, uh, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, I know one of the brewers there, or I know the guys that came up with the idea. So I think as far as the brewing community goes, big advantage of Berlin is very tightly knit. Has the community been getting bigger in the, in the last, uh, well, since you arrived here? Uh, have you seen a, a change in the size of the community or in the dynamics of the community? Is it something that's actually, in Berlin, the, the craft beer scene, is it something that's actually growing a lot, you think? Oh, uh, without question. Yeah, it's, it's leaps and bounds. I think, uh, you know, we're getting more and more of these uh, craft beer festivals coming in. Um, one one that we really like is the, the Beer and Verst. Uh, it marked Hall 9, and, uh, you know, it's only open for one day, but it's absolutely packed, and you can see the impact of craft beer, the craft beer community here. Uh, Berlin Beer Week has been very successful the last few years. Um, I think it's really growing leaps and bounds. Um, you can also look at some other breweries. Uh, Stone is yeah, relatively Stone is, new. Stone is recent, yeah, but they, they, they had an impact, definitely. Huge not. impact. They have a, a gigantic f facility. Also because it was the first that, you know, they have their, they, they're from San Diego, I think, mm -hmm. and then they opened their second, at least the one, the first outside of your, uh, the U.S. was it in Berlin. I yeah. think they have three major uh, facilities or breweries in the United States, and then this is their first, um, first one in Europe. What went from working at the Castle Pub to opening your own? Brewery. Yeah. Well, let me just first of all give a shout out to Ben and Gecko at the Castle Pub. Uh, I love you guys if you're listening. <laughs> you know, without their help, uh, we could have never have been where we are today. Basically, they provided uh, an incubator for us to get started. Uh, the Castle Pub was down by Gazoonbrunnen, and uh, they had an open kitchen area. We met with them one day and we said, hey, we love your bar, and we're really looking to get started uh, as a microbrewery. And we would love to use your space, transform it into a, a proper brewery. And I don't know what made them say yes. Maybe they were imbibing. Well, I, <laughs> probably not. Maybe they loved our personality or just thought we were really nice. Or maybe they're just like, hey, let's just go for it. But uh, took a chance on us. And we brewed there for two years. And it was absolutely amazing. Uh, we're good friends with them. They have since moved on to a, uh, an even nicer bar. Uh, in Mitta, and uh, with them moving on, we moved on too and decided to get our own tap room and in uh, our own space. Okay. So that's really nice. Did you guys know anything about brewing your own beer before working at the castle, or did you? Was it also a place for you to learn a little bit about it there, or all of the knowledge that you have was was from from before? Oh yeah, uh, no, that's a great question. Not silly at all. Uh, so I actually I was just a beer taster, perhaps a beer connoisseur. And then my wife bought me a uh, homebrew kit. Okay, big mistake. Uh, <laughs> big mistake. If she knew what she was getting into <laughs> at the time, uh, many hours of toil, uh, I don't think she would have uh, gotten me that again. But she got me this homebrew kit about six years ago and as my girlfriend. And uh, it just took off from there. I loved it. A passion of mine. I would, uh, let's just say, on my other job at the time, I spent a lot of time reading about brewing. 
And I realized at that point that it was time, if I ever got the opportunity, to shift gears. Um, and I just, it took off. I spent basically all my free time brewing and thinking about my next brew and talking to people. I think this is one area where, uh, you know, internet forums and uh, that sort of dialogue has really increased knowledge and we're able to share these ideas. And that's a lot of how I learned is just reading uh, forums and posting and, and reading different books and magazines, anything I get my hands on. And my passion for beer uh, turned into a love of brewing beer. Yeah. And then I came to Berlin and I had this, uh, this opportunity to do so. So I was pretty lucky. And as far as actually learning on the job, uh, you know, for any homebrewers out there that might listen to this, uh, there's a lot that applies on the homebrew scale that also applies on the professional level. But at the same time, it's a whole new ballgame, different sizes, different demands, a lot of business demands too we didn't quite expect. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Is it something you can, in terms of homebrewing, is it something you can learn? Like nowadays, everybody you know, does learn stuff online and, yeah. and on their own. Is it something, is it brewing uh, this, this similar, a similar case? Is it something you can do? I think so. You have to like to drink. So. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of people now signing up for, oh yeah, homebrewing. I can do well, that. Well, you know, yeah. I, I have, I've had beer. I can before. do that. I had, yeah. I, I think, beer. you know, I think you can, uh, I wouldn't say you can learn anything, but. Uh, with the right dedication, and if it's something that really interests you, I think you can go pretty far. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the first batch of beer I brewed, absolutely terrible. <laughs> the second batch of beer I brewed, even worse. Okay. Third, fourth batches, horrible. But that fifth batch, let me tell you, that fifth that batch was delicious. Was delicious, yeah. <laughs> yes, it took, it took you a while to, to actually get there, but... It but. did, and I think, I, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of it. It's just a matter of um, how long do you want to stick with this new skill or this new trade of yours? Are you willing to, to really put forth uh, as much work as it takes to get good? or to get to a level that you're happy with, at the very least? Sure. The, the two fellas, it's, it's uh, yourself and uh, Mike. We are just talking about Mike as well. Is that Michael. Is that, yeah, Michael. So is, that, um, um, is it because it's two guys running the bar, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> or at least that, that was the point. I wish there was the some uh, deeper meaning. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're two guys, and uh, a fella is a, a quokalism uh, yeah. for... Um, uh, an American friend or a guy, mm -hmm. and that's us. It's a, it's, it, it's a good name, I think. It, it sort of sticks. It's a, it's a good name. How does it work uh, uh, running the bar yeah. in terms of responsibilities? Do you guys do the same thing? Do you guys split? Mike was just telling me when I got here that uh, he does the German interviews <laughs> because maybe his German is better. Yeah, oh, um, his German is uh, fluent, I would say. And he has okay. a German wife as well, so I think uh, I think that helps. We'll go with that. Okay. Um, but yeah, he handles the, the German side. Um, you know, I think... Sometimes you, you look at the work and how it's split up, and maybe the brewing seems to be the more exciting portion of it. But um, anybody who is out there and interested in starting up their own uh, brewery or brew pub in Berlin, um, the paperwork is astronomical. So uh, having Mike along and having his uh, fluency in German has been just a godsend. Yeah, so, that probably helps, you. Yeah. Oh, f phenomenal. And uh, when he's not doing that, he loves to, he loves to brew as well. He's... He's a skilled brewer too, so if someone's coming for my job. Better okay. watch out. <laughs> um, as for the for the, the bar itself, I mean, it, I guess people listening to it can't really see it. You guys have to come here, but um, it's a it's a quite a big bar, I think. Usually, in, yeah. when you talk about Berlin bars, you, you're expecting something more like a bit more cozy, uh, and this is looks a bit more. I would even say like a, like an English pub, like yeah. our idea of an English pub than than a Berlin bar. Was that intentional? You guys looking for a space like this one in particular? Uh, I. Think I think initially we were not, but at the same time, uh, 
you know, you think about the name Two Fellas, and it has this, uh, this very American vibe to it. And uh, when we saw this place, it just kind of fit um, maybe a little more spacious than your typical uh, Berlin Kneipe. Um, fewer tables, more room to kind of get around, move around. Yeah. Um, definitely more of an American feel. Uh, the bar came with the place, which was really nice, too. Uh, and for those of you at home, it is uh, an old, I would say, an Irish pub-type bar. Uh, very nice hardwood mahogany and brass okay. rails. I might have offended a lot of uh, Irish people there when I said this looked like an English pub. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's remove that from the podcast. You know, then. we can we remove that <laughs> post processing. That yeah. never happened. It's fine. Uh, okay. Yeah, I would say that the feel is very comfortable. Uh, we were going for relaxed, but still somewhere that uh, you know you wouldn't mind bringing maybe your parents to or uh, meeting up for a first date or something. Something that's not intimidating. That's okay. really important to me in the beer scene. Is that we're uh, You know, we might be two fellas, but we are inclusive, and, and we like to invite everybody. Two very inclusive fellas. In I would area. I would say that's fair. <laughs> It doesn't quite fit on the sign, but okay, yeah, that would be a, a big sign. You guys chose uh, chose Punko to uh, to have the 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 bar slash brewery in. Um, was it only because of cheaper rents? Did you guys was it a part of the plan to have the brewery set up here in, in first Punko? place? We saw. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That'd be really good. That'd be really good. <laughs> yeah, I wish that was the case. We were searching for about, I would say about seven or eight months. And, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like brewing where you're, you're starting to lose all hope and then uh, something comes along and totally, you know, out of left field. Uh, I live, uh, full disclosure, I live in Panko myself uh, for a, a couple years now. And I love it here. I think uh, there's a lot of people maybe like us and maybe people who like beer, uh, younger adults, middle-aged adults as well as, uh, you know, classic Pankors. And there isn't really a craft beer brewery nearby. Nope. Uh, a local craft beer brewery. So we thought the market's great. The property's real nice, as we talked about. It's, it's very large. And uh, we'll be opening up a beer garden um, in the spring. So that's something that I think all the, all the stars align. And I, I absolutely love Panko. And I think it's a great up-and-coming neighborhood. And it has a lot of potential And there's a, a lot already here, too. Before we even moved in, uh, we have uh, Jones Fish Laden, the fish marked on okay. the corner, uh, on Florostraza. He's a super cool dude. If you ever get a chance, uh, okay. go hit him up. We got uh, Berta Block right across the street, which is uh, a rock climbing hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is right in front. Yeah. Uh, super popular. Yeah. Uh, people come down from... Uh, my wife works in Book, and a lot of her coworkers come down after work. Okay. The scientists come down and they climb. You got a lot of people coming here to the bar after... Definitely. <laughs> uh, we tried to bring in, uh, you know, some ideas about, hey, why don't you come climb and drink? But uh, not at the know, same time. Not at the same time, and definitely don't drink before you climb. <laughs> uh, I can't be responsible for that, but uh, yeah, hey, teach their own, I suppose. But it's a good after after plan, let's say. Yeah. Are you feeling a lot the the off the beaten track factor here at the brewery since it's not in those yeah. obviously popular districts of Berlin? Or how how's, how's it going? When did you guys open? Maybe I should have uh, asked So before. we have uh, been here since June, uh, and we opened officially in uh, in September. Okay. Uh, we took the time to do the obviously the renovations and such. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think the challenge here is a little bit different. Uh, sure, we get a little bit uh, lower rent, but uh, the trade-off is that maybe you don't have as much street visibility, uh, not as much walk-up traffic as as maybe one of the, the more well-traveled areas of Berlin. Um, so if people come here, it's generally either because they've been rock climbing or because you know, one of their friends 
told them to come here. Much like you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was my case as well. Word of mouth. It's Word huge. of mouth, yeah, it's huge. Uh, so, I mean, some of it is out of control. We do do Facebook advertising and social media advertising and the like, but uh, a lot of it is word of mouth. Okay. So it's a, a continual challenge, I think, to not only brew the beer, but then find a way to sell it. Sure, sure, sure. Especially in an area like this. But as you said, it could really bring a dynamic to to this area, considering you know there's not a lot of, 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 of bars like this. It could really make a difference. How's the, so. what's the, what's your kind of, I mean, from what you've seen since you guys opened, what's the crowd like? Is it people around here? Is it, is it like, is there an, a particular age or type of people you'd say? I wish I could say that it was just one type of person, but no, it's all across the board, which makes me super happy. Um, you know, in my head, I always get this like, oh, I'm going to see a lot of people like me, overweight, overweight, middle-aged men, right? <laughs> uh, and I guess, you know, to be fair, there are uh, a good amount of overweight, middle-aged men that love to drink beer, like myself, but uh, there's also, you know, a good amount of uh, older punkers that I, I wouldn't, maybe my own bias comes into play, but I wouldn't have necessarily pegged as being craft beer people. Mm -hmm. uh, and much to, uh, much to my chagrin, I, I have been very happy. Everybody's come in. And everybody's been real happy, um, not only with the beer styles, but with the bar and our location. Uh, so we get um, younger people, older people, uh, every walk of life. I think I've been doing a lot of happy hour, too. And uh, from like 6 to 7 p.m. or so, sometimes it looks like there's a Kida. Okay. <laughs> In the back, you get uh, a lot of parents that live in the area. I'm a parent myself. Uh, my, my boy comes in here sometimes and... Uh, we have some toys here, so okay. we get uh, some younger parents, and then uh, it's a it's a really nice diverse crowd. And like I said, to you know, it's it's important for us to be welcoming to everybody. Sure. And uh, I think part of the craft beer experience is not only educating about what craft beer is, but it's also about making people feel welcome. So, yeah, and if people feel welcome, they'll 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 not only come back, but they'll want to learn more about the beers and, and, and such, yeah. You know, we, uh, we sell an experience, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You are currently brewing, not here uh, at uh, in Pankow, brewing in Martin. Did I read this correctly? Correct. Okay. So uh, when we were with the Castle Pub, uh, we didn't have uh, direct sales ourselves. We uh, basically distributed, and we could just focus full-time on brewing. But with our own place here, um, there's obviously, uh, this might shock you, but uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved oh, no. with, <laughs> with getting a, a, a brewery up and running. And that's taken a little bit longer than we had expected. But uh, thankfully, we have the recipes that we crafted, uh, myself as a home brewer, and then while we're at Castle Pub, and then we were able to uh, hijack one of our friend's breweries uh, down in Marsan, and uh, he brews our beer for us. And then, with any luck, we should be up and brewing, uh, hopefully in March, in okay. our new establishment. Don't hold me to that, however. All right, let's uh, not. It's fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're going for March. This might sound like a silly question, but does that make a huge difference in the way you run your business, to, to brew it just here, or is it just a matter of easier logistics? I think, I think it makes a lot of difference. Now, we are brewing some experimental small batch stuff, uh, a few kegs here and there, just test-wise here. But uh, in terms of anything that would actually sell, it's not brewed on site currently. So it's important to me that we do get the, the brewery half of it um, on site up and running. Now, these are our own beers, and we, we do uh, have the recipes completely to ourselves, and we created them ourselves. So it is our beer, but uh, as a brewer, I just want to be brewing 24-7, nonstop. 
Okay. Uh, and brew in house is the ideal circumstance. Also, even in terms maybe of having new beers instead of having, you know, it's an easier. I guess it's easier to handle everything if you've got the brewery right here. You can just, ah, oh, I have this idea, let's try it out. Maybe put it next week or two weeks or whatever it takes. I guess exactly. it maybe makes it easier, no? As a, as a punk where I can just hop on down and check on my little yeast are fermenting and see if they're yeah. bubbling any time of the day. And, <laughs> if you can't yeah. sleep at night, you'll just come downstairs and try to make something happen. Be a real dork about <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why do you think craft beer became a th such a thing in the last years? I'm just talking not about maybe not only about Berlin, but yeah. just in general, I mean, it obviously started in, in the United States, but it, it slowly came, make, it made its way through, uh, to Europe. What went from just asking for, uh, for a pint in a bar uh, and accepting any beer uh, that the bar has to caring so much about different types of beer? What, what changed? What led to that? That is, a, I mean, that's, that's a million dollar question. Right? <laughs> Who knows a, this one? Everybody you talk to has their own opinion. So I can only speak for myself, but I think... Um, you know, people have really started to appreciate uh, craft items. Um, you know, a big brewery where I live, their slogan is drink local. And I think people have started to, to realize that uh, local food generally tastes better and small batch handcrafted items tend to be uh, a little bit different quality, not always, but uh, a different quality than maybe some of the, the mass produced stuff. And at the very least, if that isn't the case, you can explore new uh, new flavors and new aromas, uh, adding new things to beer, and really getting into the, the, the minute details of different beer styles that maybe weren't accessible to this market up until relatively recent uh, times. So I think along the lines of you know local eating and, and, and small craft restaurants, um, uh, beers kind of went along the same path. So it's more of a general trend towards well, food and drinks and even other things, people prefer local rather than something, as you said, mass consumption related. Yeah, because I think it so. might be better. And I think as people, even it could just be as, as people start to realize that there are other types of beer out there. Um, you know, we always tell people that you don't have to like every beer we brew. Uh, we have a beer for everybody. I think you just kind of, uh, you open people's horizons basically to uh, different and new experiences. Okay. And uh, I'm not sure how much you know about craft beer in Germany, but I assume just because it's such a traditional country in terms of beer, such one of the world references when you think about beer in the world, Germany is usually one of the names that pops up. Is craft beer in Germany something still exotic, you think, in a country that has been doing beer for so long? Um, just because of all, you know, for example, the purity laws in terms of yeah. the beer and all that stuff. What do you think it's, what, how do Germans look at craft beer? Definitely. Think? I think, uh, you know, uh, caveat here, I'm not German myself, but um, it has been my experience that, um, you know, Germany for thousands of years, hundreds of years, uh, has been well known for doing a few different styles, um, very popular styles, your Pilsner beers, your Lager beers, um, you know, we have some Rauch beers, there's certain regions of Germany that have different styles, Hefeweizen, very popular, um, but in terms of things like maybe an IPA or so. Um, that's something that's relatively new. Uh, and by relative, I mean maybe in the last, you know, 15 years or so, kind of new, new to Germany. Uh, but it is, to be fair, it's also something that's really new to America as well. I think if you look back, uh, even the, the newest, I would say, craft beer brewery, uh, threw up the air quotes there, if you can't see us. <laughs> uh, you know, that's only been around for 30, 40 years, somewhere around there. 
and, and beer in America has a very long tradition as well. So it's a very uh, recent phenomenon then. A yeah. very recent phenomenon. And I think, you know, the Rhein Heinsger boat uh, maybe impacted uh, people's perception of what is a beer and what is not a beer, but uh, that definitely doesn't hold true today. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of really nice breweries here doing some really incredible uh, styles and just some crazy things that you wouldn't even think of. So I think while maybe Germany was a little bit later to the craft beer game than maybe the American market, uh, definitely just as strong. Okay. Do you think Berlin is definitely the leading city in terms of, of, of awareness of, you know, of all these different beers in the craft, uh, the, the home brewing industry as well? Is Berlin leading the way in terms of... of <laughs> well, you know, as a, as a Berliner, I would say... I would say yes. Of course. <laughs> uh, I can't really speak for all of Germany. Um, there are some really nice uh, craft beer scenes throughout. Hamburg has a big uh, home brewing scene as well. Um, but I would say there's a lot of really inventive people here. A large home brewing scene. Uh, we have a, a lot of people we're friends with here that homebrew. And uh, a lot of really nice breweries here as well. I mean, in other, like, of course, now we were just talking about how, how people are, prefer, uh, are pointing more towards uh, local food, local yeah. coffee, local beer, etc. And when you talk about, you know, uh, let's call it just for now, craft coffee, um, okay. you, you, there's all these new trends, you know, a lot of people don't like them, but uh, there's a lot of these new trends like uh, the matcha latte, the, the blue lattes, for example. What is the equivalent in craft beer at the moment? <laughs> is there a, a trend as well like this one, like these oh, ones? Oh, geez. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing. I think. My question would be, what's the craft beer of 2018? What's going to happen this trend? year? Well, if I look into my glass ball, I, would, uh, <laughs> I definitely think that uh, sour beers are kind of the, the wave of the future here. Um, they caught it in the States a couple of years ago. Um, so a sour beer is essentially taking a, a regular beer and adding a lactobacillus or some sort of uh, intentional bacteria to the beer after fermentation has ended. And this gives it kind of, uh, as, you'd, as you'd imagine, a sour, like a twang or a sourness to it. Um, some styles of beer, uh, such as the, the Goza from uh, Leipzig, uh, has been a German style that's been around for a long time, and that is naturally a, a sour beer. But uh, intentionally souring beers is something that's uh, probably within the last couple of years new, newer to the Berlin area. Okay. And I think, I think once people catch on and once people develop um, a taste for a great sour beer, uh, I think... I think it'll be the next okay. big trend. So get ready for sour beers, everyone. It's, it's going to happen. Or m maybe. Maybe it's going to happen. We'll see. I recommend checking out our friends down at Berliner Beer Fabrik. Uh, they have two really nice uh, spontaneously fermented uh, beers called On the Spur of the Moment. I like them so much, I actually sell them in our own bar. That sounds like uh, something worth trying. Anything sure. I can do to get some free beer. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Um, now, just going back to the two fellas... Um, you guys in the website describe yourselves as a, a place that sells delicious beer that is also, you know, eco-friendly, uh, local and natural. Is eco-friendly the industry standard in Berlin and in Germany? What's the, what's the industry's footprint, for example? Okay. Is it, or at least the, the traditional versus the, the craft beer? Um, what do you think of, what, what do you think about that? So it's tough. I, um, you know, I'm not the... I'm not the most eco-friendly person in the world, but it's really important to me uh, that you know we try to leave the lightest footprint we can. Uh, you know we have a limited number of resources, so 
I think um, it's everyone's responsibility to, to do the best we can with them. Now, having said that, uh, brewing traditionally is a very water-intensive process. Um, some figures I've read, uh, 10 to 1. Uh, so for every liter of beer that you produce uh, at a good brewery, uh, you use 10 liters of water. And this is uh, water for cooling, because uh, the, the wort has to be chilled down, or the, the finished uh, beer product before you add the yeast has to be cooled from a boiling temperature down to a temperature where yeast can survive. And that's generally done by, uh, by running cold water through uh, some sort of appliance to cool it down. Uh, so there's a lot of water waste right there. Uh, cleaning as well. Um, you know, with beer, you're basically taking a, a soup of, of sweet water and you're adding a, a yeast and organism to it. So everything has to be very sanitary. Otherwise, you can get the bad bacteria taking over and your yeast you won't survive. So use a lot of cleaning products. And, um, you know, it really does have a toll um, especially in mass-produced breweries, uh, the water usage is, is through the roof. Not only the toll, it's also, I guess it also affects the taste uh, of the beer if you don't take care of, of your resources as well in that, in that sense, no? Definitely, definitely. I mean, we don't, uh, it's important to us to not be dumping cleaning solutions on the water supply and at the same time uh, still producing great beer and using uh, as least the least amount of water as possible. Okay. So there's some tricks you can employ. You know, if you have water that's running through a cooling system, you can um, recycle the water and keep using it over. Or like you have extra energy that's being spent from the cooling process that can go into heating up the next batch of beer you're brewing. So uh, very simple things like brewing two batches in one day, you can actually save on energy costs. And it's, uh, you know, I make no claims that I'm saving the world, but at the same time, you know, if it's, if it's better for business, um, chances are it's also better for the environment. We save money on our electricity bill and we're doing something that I think is morally right, and that's important to me as a business. It also sets a good example, I guess, for, for other companies that might be starting and, and for the trend of the industry as well. No? I think, yeah, I think for too long we kind of thought, oh, you know, being eco-friendly is, is, uh, is going to hit me in the pocketbook, but really it's just not the case. I guess there's more and more ways of avoiding that from happening and, and yeah. to make everything uh, sort of aligned. And you feel good about it when you drink. <laughs> How do you guys choose? Um, so you have five different beers all the time? Is it? Cause I remember from last time I was here, there was a, a, this, this sign with six different beers or five different beers. You have a great memory. You probably didn't drink enough. No, <laughs> I'll see you for one beer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, six taps at our taproom location. And we try to keep four to five of our own beers on tap. And then okay. we have uh, a tap called Friends of the Fella, which is basically just we have our friends in Berlin, and they give us some beer uh, and <laughs> put it on tap. And it's a nice way to kind of, um, I think, get some exposure from other breweries as well as um, having something for our customers to have an expansive choice. Sure, it also creates this sense of community as well, no? I think so too. Like I said earlier, we're all friends, so it's nice to be able to, uh, to help support my friends' breweries. And yeah, I mean, four or five beers that are ours. Uh, currently, we have a really nice uh, collaborative beer on tap too. Uh, it was a collaboration between four different breweries and uh, in two countries, in Israel and, uh, and in Germany. Oh, that's so. great. Oh, that was, I think I read about the Baltic Porter. Baltic Porter, yeah. There we go. So okay. it's, uh, it's really cool. We all put our own little flair into this recipe, and uh, it's a big, bold beer that uh, is still uh, easy to drink. How often do you change these, these different beers, and, and how, or how long do they, they stay for usually? Yeah. So we try to get a new beer uh, every month. I think uh, it's important to, uh, to me to keep it, keep it lively for our returning customers. 
and for myself too, I'm, uh, you know, I might be a beer brewer, but I'm still a beer nerd at heart. <laughs> and uh, the more beer I can get in, the more beer I can try. And uh, it's important to uh, to expose people to different uh, different styles out there. Yeah, it so. keeps it keeps it very interesting. I think also if, if you come so here too. every now and then, there's always something different happening. That's totally. Cool. And uh, it's important to us when we uh, do start brewing more on site that we're able to. Uh, kind of expand our own horizons and, and get into to new styles of beer that we wouldn't have tried before. The, uh, just before we finish, yeah. you guys on this, I read that on the 16th and 17th of January, you're going to be part of a festival of Gesund yes. Brewing? Gesund Brewing. With festival. our friends over at the Castle Pub. <laughs> uh, and what is it going to be all about? So what's going to, what houses the festival is going to be like? Uh, yeah, totally. So it's a little different than your typical festival, I think, where, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, just say Berlin Beer Week or um, the Beer Milo or whatever. Um, you know, all of this takes place in the, the New Castle Pubs location uh, at Nordbahnhof. And uh, they invited uh, a few breweries to come in and everybody has their own little booth or table inside of the Castle Pub. And then essentially you come in and you can have um, a beer from each one of these different breweries all in one location. So the beer is super fresh. Uh, Sometimes you get some crazy stuff that you haven't ever tried before or something that isn't available widely on tap. And I think as a beer connoisseur, it's cool to be able to go around and just meet people that work for the brewery directly. Yeah. And the fellas are going to be there? The two well, fellas? The fellas will be there. Both of them on top <laughs> of that. Two fellas are better than one. All right. So yeah, guys, uh, don't. Uh, I think it, it looked like it was, uh, was going to be a great event, the Gazoon Brewing event. So, I think it'll, uh, be, uh, it'll be kicking. Hopefully it'll be packed and full of... Uh, People interested in beer and, and, and drinking and, and brewing as well. If you guys stop by, come and uh, come and say hello. Come say hello to the fellas themselves. Rob, thanks. Hey, thanks a lot. It was uh, coming. It was a good time. Let's Hope have... it wasn't too long or too short. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know hope. what? Let's have some beers. Guys, this was episode number eight uh, of Berlinotech. I hope everyone enjoyed it, talking a little bit about beer. Uh, here at the Two Fellas in Panko. Make sure you drop by at some point if you have the chance to. My name is Duarte Zvedu, and this was episode number eight of Berlinotech. And uh, see you soon. <laughs>